0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment.
2: From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Alisa Benson. Welcome back to another episode of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour Podcast. I am your fearless host, Elisa Benson, and today we are talking about adulthood. You know, I think the grown-ups of the world, baby boomers, if you will, like to pin millennials as kind of being lazy, You know, it's maybe a little bit true, but today we're also talking about sort of what it means to define the new roles of being an adult. You know, in the traditional sense, you went to college, you get your nine-to-five job, you get married, you save up to buy a house, you have children, you have a big fence, you have a tiny dog, you live happily ever after. Um, I can say that pretty much none of the things on that list are true for me as being a 30-something person living in New York City with a roommate, Um, but at the same time, I think what is exciting is that we might not be having traditional lives, but we're having big, exciting lives in our own way. So that's what we were talking about today. Um, I have two guests with us in the cosmopolitan.com unicorner who are discussing this idea of adulthood from sort of very different perspectives. So actually not in the unicorner, but joining us on the phone from the West Coast is Megan Batune, who is a dancer and social media influencer. Um, and Megan, you essentially, were in college and dropped out to pursue your dream of dancing and have been, built a huge following around it, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And that is very crazy. Yeah. So, uh, completely going away from the traditional sense of things, like my first year of junior, my first day of junior year, um, in college, I dropped out to audition for Step Up 4, um, and then booked and and ever since then just moved to LA and kind of did it just trying to do it without having, like, a real full education like normal, but I I don't for one day miss it.
2: And and I think you're really sort of an example in some ways of the new millennial dream, which is really being a self-made woman and sort of carving out a path that didn't exist, you know, even a few years ago and certainly didn't exist when your parents were, you know, your same age. So I have a million more questions for you about that. Um, But first, I want to introduce our other guest in the room who, full disclosure, is my best friend in the whole world and my roommate, Gina Kaufman. Hi, Gina. Hi. Gina, is this your dream come true? I feel like we've always talked about being on the podcast together.
1: Yeah, it's my dream come true to sit in a room and talk to you, which is what I do every other minute of my life.
2: Oh my God, you are literally living the dream. <laughs> um, so Gina, part of the reason that I wanted to bring you on this podcast, besides all the reasons ever, um, is that you are the social media manager at L.com. and a few months ago for Elle, when Elle was celebrating the girlhood issue on the site, you wrote a piece called I'm 33, but everyone treats me like I'm the baby. Um, so that was sort of the impetus. You know, we had talked a lot about this article. Basically, all we ever talk about is this article that you finally wrote for L.com And kind of we talked a lot about this. And I knew I wanted to build a podcast about it. But um, can you tell us a little bit about the article for people that haven't read it? And, you know, why you really wanted to tackle this topic? And your article is really almost like a diary entry.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically, we were talking in our L.com pitch meeting about some packages we could do, you know, big term, bigger projects. And um, I ended up pitching this whole idea about adulthood as a personal experience, just saying that in my experience, I'm the oldest in my family. Um But at this point in my life, like my younger sister is married and my brother, my little brother makes a lot more money than I do. And it's sort of like become I'm the baby in the family. And I get really frustrated at the way my family treats me sometimes. It's like, you know, they like expect me to like sleep in on a cot in someone's hotel room instead of having my own because I'm not married. So anyway, I was pitching this whole idea and I was just getting like so upset about it as I talked about it that I think I probably scared the entire L.com staff but I was like if I'm feeling this way other people are too in that it's like frustrating that there's only one definition of adulthood and I don't meet it. So I was like that's my experience but we should do a whole package where everyone else talks about like when did they feel adult why don't they feel adult and that was my take on it was that like I just don't feel like an adult or I don't get treated like one.
2: And I do think that part of your experience Gina is like Actually, we're both from Ohio, grew up like five minutes apart, fun fact, but um, didn't meet until we lived in New York. But, um, you know, I think part of that is, and you mentioned this in your article, that sort of growing up in the Midwest, it's a little different in New York City where I think people tend to be really focused on their careers and maybe um, – you know, marriage and everything like that can kind of be delayed anyway. But certainly in Ohio, I mean, I know we always talk about everyone we went to high school with is married. Um, We both have younger sisters who are married, who are homeowners. Um, And I think especially that idea of sort of where you come from, factoring into sort of the concept of what it means to be an adult.
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like the, average age of marriage in Ohio is so much lower. Like, I think the national average is around 26, but it's like, I'm sure that's higher in New York, possibly lower in Ohio. That's a made-up statistic, so don't quote me on that. Oh, that's what we do. We just make (laughs) up statistics. But yeah, it definitely affects it because it's like here, it's, it's not common for people to own property or... Well, at my age, it is common for people to be married, but not as young as it would be in Ohio, so right, where it's, it's like, definitely stuck with me. We
2: have high school friends that have, like, three kids now. Yeah, kids.
1: I mean, I had friends getting married straight out of college, which right. is just, like, not really common at all here. Right.
0: And Megan, what about you? Where are you from? I'm from Florida. It's very similar to what you're saying about Ohio. I feel like every other place that isn't New York or L.A., anywhere that's, like, booming with entrepreneurs, they're all married, like, right out of high school. Like, I, almost everyone that I went to high school with in my graduating class was at least two kids. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. I couldn't even imagine having a kid in, like, 10 years.
2: (laughs) Right. I know. I know. Same girl. And so, Megan, I think part of the idea of sort of being an adult is making these sort of practical and realistic decisions about your life. But what you did, like, leaving your college degree program to literally audition for Step Up 4, as you said, you know, is sort of the opposite. Of making a practical decision. Um, Mm -hmm. How, you know, what gave you, what motivated you to do that? And when you were a junior in college making that decision to leave and pursue this, you know, did you consider not doing it? Did you feel like this isn't going to be an investment in my future? You know, what was your thought process at that time?
0: Uh, I just really wanted to dance so badly I've I've gotten like multiple fights with my parents throughout uh, high school and in the beginning the early stages of college about just like only wanting to dance and that's it and I was uh, going to college for graphic design but I was already working in that field so I just felt like what's the point almost like if I'm already getting work and I can dance as well my dad was just the one that really wanted me to get my bachelor's degree so I was just doing it and by the time that the Step Up auditions came came around I auditioned about I think like four callbacks and that day the first day of junior year was actually the very last audition for it and i told my agent that i didn't want to go and um she told me that the producers are really asking for me and so i was texting one of my friends like in class and i remember getting in trouble for this in like some sort of calculus class uh and i was texting my friend to see if i should go or not and he said pick heads or tails i'm gonna flip a coin and i just said okay i have it in my head, he said, uh, he sent me the picture and asked me, like, what I, I chose, heads or tails. And I chose heads. He sent a picture of the quarter on heads. And right after that class, I didn't even finish the rest of my classes. I went home and I packed my bag for like two weeks and ended up living in Miami for like five months after the movie, uh, working four jobs, uh, just like preparing to move to LA. And I was just, like, there was no really plan B, I guess. It was, like, I'm doing this, and if anything fails, like, I can always go back to college or I can always work in the graphic field. But I just kind of definitely, like, strayed away and did, like, a hugest leap of faith that I don't know if I would ever do again because I'm very, very cautious now.
2: Right. Well, it's, it's always one of those things, I feel like, with any impulsive, not that it was an impulsive decision, you know, you wanted to do this your whole life, but with any major decision like that, I think it's kind of the ironic thing about it is that after the fact you can look back and be like if I knew then what I knew now I would have never maybe made this crazy leap of faith which is why it's good to sometimes you know like ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Um, You guys both mentioned your family and a lot of this pressure about sort of following a traditional adult path coming from your parents. Megan are your parents off your case now that they see how successful you've been and that you've built this following around doing what you love or you know do you ever still go home for the holidays and your dad says like, you know, you can still get that bachelor degree online or whatever <laughs> it is.
0: No, i they're definitely super supportive of everything um, that I'm doing now. And they see that I'm very happy with what I do and I'm able to like still be very true to myself and make a living that way. I think any parent is really just concerned about the well-being of their child or, like, are they well-educated? Are they stable enough? Can they take care of themselves? And I feel like if... You can do that on your own and you don't need school in order to do that. Like, every parent just wants to be relaxed and assured that they did a good job the 18 years. You know, they so feel like they, they definitely understand where I am and they're not trying to get me back in college unless I really wanted to do it. Right.
2: And I think that idea of sort of, you know, I think that has become a barometer for me and for and for Gina, you mentioned this in your article, and for a lot of our friends, you know, I think the new barometer of adulthood is this idea of sort of being able to support yourself and live independently. Mm-hmm. You know, Gina, you mentioned in your article you've lived in New York for, what, 11 years now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I've been here for about a decade as well. And so it's interesting, though, because as much as like it's easy to be like, wow, I moved away from my tiny town in Florida or Ohio. And I am supporting myself in this like, you know, for all of us, you know, in this conversation, having these jobs that we really dreamed our whole lives about working in a magazine or making a living as a dancer. You know, these are really dream jobs. And I think on one hand, it's like you know, round of applause to all of us and all the women out there who are, you know, like making out on their own. But at the same time, there isn't really a lot of societal recognition for that, you know, living on your own, like you don't get a register for that. Like no one throws Mm -hmm. you a shower to celebrate the fact that you've lived on your own for 10 years or whatever it is. Um, Do you guys sort of feel that way that even though this is a major accomplishment, it's not necessarily something that Gets recognized in the same way of these As these other traditional markers of adulthood
1: Yeah, I definitely do I mean, I think we're still like Using the things that our parents' generation Used To mark adulthood Which is, you know, marriage and children But also home ownership Which isn't mm-hmm. a reality The way it was in our parents' time For a lot of people I mean, that's, again, different geographically Like, it's certainly not a reality in New York But, you know, right. even in Ohio It's just like our parents like they could buy houses when they were straight out of college or whatever and it's just not really the same financial world and the same thing with like marriage ages are increasing we're we're not we're just not doing the same things our parents did but i think that's still the way things are marked so
2: and do you guys think that's definitely, like, the way things are still marked? Like, so what is the solution to that? Does that change? D- do we have to sort of celebrate our own milestones? The whole idea of celebrating a milestone in some ways is an external thing. You know, wanting other people to know, you know, other people come to your baby shower. Other people come to your wedding party. Um but I don't, you know, obviously the answer isn't just like let's throw mo- more parties for ourselves. You know, so what what <laughs> is the answer? Like how do we sort of And like I'm asking this question to you guys cuz I have no idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do we do to celebrate being adults? I don't know. I I kind of I mean I definitely agree with you, and both of you like that we are still bound to these expectations of like this is when you are a full adult because like i am i'm sure all of us are we do very adult things but like we still don't feel like an adult i feel like every time uh like we were at parties like family parties and there's like the kids table and there's the adult table like now that i'm sitting at the adult table i still don't feel like i'm an adult Cause I just keep looking back and I'm like, Oh, I was so young then. But then I'm like, I have so much more to go. Like I'm not married. I don't own a home. I just feel like things that we mark as that we're like getting higher in the adult totem pole, I guess, is like internally, uh, if if we own a home by ourselves or, um, live on our own, like that's a self satisfaction a self celebration versus a party for it. Right. Um, Yes, I don't think we'll ever get that kind of recognition until, honestly, like there is something like marriage or a housewarming party or anything like that, which is kind of sad, but it's still rewarding to us, which is very important. Right.
1: Yeah, I think, and I mean, I touched upon this a little bit in the article I wrote months ago, but that the biggest difference in my life and like starting to feel like, people are finally recognizing it is just how I've come to think of it, which is that like before, um, you know, before I was in a job that I really liked or before I had just thought about this a lot, I think I thought of my life as temporary. Like I was like, it will be different uh-huh. when I get married. It will be different when I make more money. And like, yeah, maybe those things will still happen someday and maybe my life will be different. But it's just like, well, that isn't the life I have now. And I like the life I have now. I think the life I have now is a good life and an adult life. And I'm proud of it. And I don't want to just like sit around waiting for these bigger things to happen. But before I really did, like I was waiting for them. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not married yet. My life hasn't started. And I just don't really feel that way now. And I honestly think that has made like my family treat me differently. Like I am now acknowledging my life as a real life.
2: And Gina, do you want to tell our listeners out there? Do you want to tell them about our like life philosophy that we (laughs) invented (laughs)
1: Like having a big life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always talk about having big lives, which doesn't really mean anything, but also means everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, But it just means like, it I think it means different things to different people, but just like, you know, doing, having adventures and doing big things that maybe aren't what you thought your life would be, but are even better and just... I don't know being big
2: yeah and i feel like we like to talk about like it's just like a guiding philosophy like when you reach a fork in the road which way is bigger yeah Uh (laughs) welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it megan you have a very big life you're living the dream on the west coast you have how many subscribers that are tuning in to hang on your every word and your every dance move? Like what, half a (laughs) million? Something like that. So you have a a pretty big life. Do you, um, you know, do you think about it in that, sort of those terms of saying like, I'm like wanting my life to be as big and full as possible, even if it's not what 18-year-old Megan envisioned for herself?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started dancing i came out here to dance like i was like backup dancing i wanted to for uh like justin bieber slina gomez like that was my dream like as an 18 year old and now like it's so far away from that i'm looking at such a bigger life in that sense like i'm trying to create almost like this entire brand this like almost uh, I don't want to say empire but just a very big thing that can last forever and like we're never going to be as young or as healthy that we are now so like I'm trying to lay down these bricks for the next 10, 15, 35 years of my life where it's like kind of setting, setting it up. It's like the pre-planning stages for success. Uh, I feel like there's always more to do like I, I, you would put it as like, I have a lot of subscribers. I'm living on the West Coast. It's all, like, such a great thing that I've I've been able to get to, but I feel like there's always going to be, like, the bigger picture. Like, there's always going to be something that you can work towards, too, and there's always going to be more of this, more of that, as long as you feel like you want to get it. Um if you're very comfortable with where you are, that's great, but I feel like there's always something more to strive towards to have that bigger life.
2: And, you know, I think uh, this kind of ties into what you're saying about always wanting something more. I think I used to feel like that was scary. Like, if I'm not married, like, I don't... I. Like, I have no prospects of marriage that I know about on the horizon. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's scary. And, like, I don't know really where, what apartment I'm going to be living in in a year because I don't own, own anything and any, any everything feels transitional. But, like, I really have shifted my thinking and, like, changed my narrative to see that as exciting. Like, how cool is it yeah. that in two or three years my life could be even bigger and more magical than it is now? Mm-hmm. Completely. So one thing I feel like I have to mention that's obviously 100% related to adulthood is underwear. I'm really excited to talk to you guys really quickly about Mac Weldon, who I've talked about in the podcast before. They're this sort of like hip, cool, bro oriented company that makes really high-end underwear for men. And it's designed basically to make sure men don't have sweaty balls. Again, what is more adult than not having ball sweat? (laughs) Um, You can check out MacWeldon.com. They make really high-end underwear. underwear, socks, t-shirts, all things designed with a really premium fabric that is really intended for a guy who is going to the office all day, working out at the gym afterwards, coming home and trying to like put his sweaty body all over you and you're like, ew, no, get away with your stank. That is where Matt Quilden enters the pictures. Um, We have tried out, we have given products in the office to our guy editors and our guy friends. They love it. I always love to say that I had one guy friend that said that the underwear felt like a hug for his Penis, um, what could be better or more cosmewy and delicious than that? So they are so certain that you will love the products that they will give you a money back guarantee if you're not satisfied for any reason. So please check it out, MacWeldon.com. It's a great gift idea. It's a great subtle gift idea for the man in your life with sweaty balls and you can get 20% off if you use discount code Cosmo. So check that out. Give the man in your life some grown up underwear, help him become an adult. I always say this, but there's nothing that disgusts me more than men that are wearing the underwear that you can tell their moms like bought them in high school, like ratty (laughs) ass boxers from back in the day. So help your man upgrade. MacWeldon.com. Check it out. Um, I think that is a perfect segue into talking about like I literally have said that so many times that I feel like men that there's nothing that is like worse than like a guy who is wearing his like childhood underwear or just like still wearing the same style that his mom bought him back in the day. And I feel like for men that is kind of a subtle marker of sort of like stepping up your game. What do you guys think? Are there moments in your life where you were like, oh, this feels so adult sort of you know, Gina, this is like a boring one, but I feel like we were just talking about this the other other day that I was so in awe that you had done your taxes.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so much easier than you think it is. <laughs> but, but it seems but so hard. <laughs> it does seem hard. And I used to have like my dad help with it or my uncle who's an accountant. But now I just do it on my own. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good one. And But a boring one. It's so boring. So but like boring. most... Adult things are boring, I think. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, I don't know. Another thing that made me feel adult that I think is a little surprising is I got laid off last summer. And, you know, I spent a couple months without a full time job before I ended up at L. Yay. Um, but just like that was scary. And I didn't know what was going to happen next. And to be honest, I like happened to know that my parents could lend me money if I really needed it, which is, you know, a cushion and a privilege that not everyone has. But the point is, I didn't need them and like just figured it out on my own and that I think makes you feel really like you're like oh okay well faced with this scary situation I can just handle it like it sucks but I just figured it out I think that's a good adult one
2: Gina I also think you're I think certainly being laid off and kind of like pushing through that on your own is a good marker of adulthood I also think your whole story which like we've talked about one million times in the decade we've been friends is pretty adult I mean maybe not quite as dramatic as Megan's dropping out of school to pursue dancing, but you had a really major career change. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I actually um, used to be a lawyer. I came to New York for law school and did my three years in law school and Graduated with honors. (laughs) Graduated with honors, passed the bar, Mm -hmm. um, and worked in an insurance company for a few years, which I really hated. Um, But after about four years of that and some personal circumstances that are not the topic of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Getting
2: ethically dumped.
1: Yeah. Getting getting my heart broken, sort of being laid off, but not really. Um, Yeah, I just kind of blew up my whole life and um, quit my job and... I went to Paris for a month, which was so great, and then went and lived with my parents and then a cousin for a year and a half while I got this new career off the ground um, and started writing. I was writing about dating and relationships for Glamour and then eventually moved into the social media world here at Elle. Um, So it's been a huge career change, which, yeah, I mean, I think at some points that delayed me feeling like an adult because, yeah, I mean, I literally spent my 30th birthday like in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house, just like crying, (laughs) (laughs) which is not super adult. (laughs) But, you know, that I just picked myself up and went about my life. And now it's just so much better than it was before, which I think does actually feel really adult. It's like I had this life that was good enough, but I wasn't happy and so I mm-hmm. just kind of stepped away from it all and now made a life that really is exciting and happy.
2: And Gina, just to give myself 100% credit, you're changing <laughs> your life. But, you know, I remember like there were a few years where it was like, you know, really hard. And I feel like we had so many conversations where you're just like, what am I doing with my life? And I felt like my role as every good best friend plays this role with her best friend was sort of just to give you the outside perspective that you weren't seeing and saying like, Gina, like... Okay, so maybe you're living at home with your parents for a hot (laughs) minute, but look at how you have just completely changed your career. That is so impressive. Not that many people do that. Like, not that many Mm -hmm. people go and live in Paris for a month. And just like, you know, like being able to start over is really, really, really hard. And I feel like when you were in the moment, you couldn't recognize how amazing it was. But now, do you feel like looking back on it a little, you're like, oh, wow, that was pretty Yeah, badass. I totally
1: think I'm amazing now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do see it. And it's like, you know, I think that, like, is a little cheesy, but is it also an important part of adulthood is, like, knowing you have people in your life who – encourage you to like be the best adult you can be
2: (laughs) um and megan what about you tm (laughs) was there a moment megan where you felt or like are there moments in your life where you're like this is so adult like something specific not as boring as taxes but something along those lines that really you know because i think what you said earlier is so true you don't most of us don't ever really feel like adults but are there moments when you do
0: Oh gosh, because I was gonna agree with the taxes thing. I think that's the main one of every young person right. when they can do their taxes on their own. That's like a huge thing, super super adult. But I'll still haven't that, like, still
2: haven't crossed off that I mean, milestone for myself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go on.
0: Um, I guess I mean stuff along the same vein of that, like getting a car uh for the first time that was a huge thing for me I've never done before yeah um, same same yeah just like what I mean, kind of all, car like, pretty boring stuff like signing up for TSA pre-check for the airport like that felt great
2: <laughs> oh yeah that's it I still haven't done that oh my god have I done anything adult <laughs> Gina you you live with me I'm kind of a bad adult no you well...
0: have to do it. it's it amazing yeah <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say you're a bad adult, but you're not good at some traditional adult things.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a car. I've never done my taxes. I've been meaning to sign up for pre-SA. Wait, why am I? TSA. TSA. TSA pre-check for like my entire life. But, you know, someday like cross that off the old 2012 to-do list. (laughs) Um, I will say one thing that I feel like makes me feel like an adult. Occasionally, is like moments at work where I've kind of said no, like where someone mm. has said, you know, also like I have a few people that work under me at Cosmo, which for most of my career was not the case. I was at the very bottom of the ladder. And I certainly think once you're managing people, that is a traditional marker of adulthood in some ways. But, you know, I feel like having moments at my job where people have said, like, can we do this? Or, like, what do you think about this? And just saying, like, no, or, like, I don't like that idea. When, you know, for so long in my career, it was about, you know, not really having the experience or the confidence to say anything other than, like, yes, that's so great. So I feel like that has kind of, you know, sometimes I catch myself in a work setting or, like, being in a meeting where someone pitches an idea and sort of nicely being the person that's, like, You know, I don't think that would work for X, Y, and Z reason. And sort of trusting that I, like, know my shit well enough to know that I'm right, essentially. I think moments like that really make me feel like an adult. Basically being a bossy bitch at work. (laughs) I think you are very adult in your
1: career. Like, that's something I've said behind your back to our friends. I'm just, like, when I'm in meetings with Elisa, it's, like, almost a little scary.
2: People have told me I'm scary in meetings. You are a
1: little scary in meetings. But just, like, in a, like, authoritative way. Because I just, you know, you really have your shit together at your job. I am like Cheryl Sandberging (laughs) the shit out of working at Cosmo. I
2: am (laughs) leaning all the way
1: in. (laughs)
0: That's good. That's very adult. (laughs) Thanks,
2: guys. (laughs) This is so so encouraging. (laughs) Um, Megan, this is sort of like a total subject change, but do you feel like your style of dancing has changed as you've grown, as you've become more of an adult? Like, Do you see adulthood
0: at all translated through what you do? Um, I don't see it in dancing, really, except for, like, it gets not that it gets better but it gets more complicated. Yeah, well um, for sure. Yeah, a couple couple years ago it was very like pretty basic, um inspired by a few really great dancers, but then moving out here and then training with them and even hanging out with them as people and understanding their mindset of like why they created this or why uh why this move is this way because it's directly relating to the word and like there's a bunch of wordplay and kind of like rhythmic charades I guess Mm. Um, really clever rhythmic charades So I I just feel like it's it's advanced I don't think it's changed like it's not like Britney Spears circa 2000 when she's I'm not a girl yet not yet a woman and now (laughs) it's all like provocative or or it was at the time like I don't think there's a huge switch in that sense of like oh it's very um, PG 13 rated R now versus uh, G or anything like that. I just think it kind of progressed, if anything.
2: Okay. Um, well, we, yeah, I was, I guess, maybe expecting you to say that, but, like, But I think that, you know, in terms of, like, things getting more complicated and, like, certainly there's something very adult about the fact that, like, several years ago you probably weren't putting videos of yourself doing this on the internet and, like, now you do have that confidence and you know you've trained and you know that you, like, look hot and you're talented. Like, that's certainly a sign of confidence and maybe that has nothing to do with age but i think i think obviously you should feel very proud of that but so we've talked a little bit about career yeah. and what we all do and we've talked a little bit about parents um i feel like we have to incorporate in this conversation friends you know we sort of mentioned the idea of having that, like, support system and people that support you. But, like, Gina, I know something we've talked about a lot is, like, a lot of our, you know, our girls in New York that we've hung out with our whole lives, like, a lot of them are married. A lot of them have babies now. And, you know, Megan, I know you said everyone you went to high school with is the same. Like, have you guys felt like, you know, how do how do you sort of come to terms with, that inevitable feeling of sort of being on a different path than maybe most of your friends. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would say I've come to terms with
2: it (laughs) (laughs) any day now.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, more more and more every day, but, like, yeah, it's a big switch, and, like, you know, being here in New York, most of our friends didn't get married, you know, young, but at this point, I'm 34, so, like, most of my friends have been married for several years, and it's such a shift because not only is like society treating them differently but it's like they have legally declared one relationship more important than their relationship with you so I think there's a real feeling of being left behind but like that I think is where the whole big life theory comes in where it's just like okay well I don't have the same support group I used to have and like they've moved on to different things but like I just am going to move on to my own things now too and live this big exciting life.
2: I think, Gina, one thing we did last year that I felt super like big lifey about was that at the very last minute, Um, We ended up going to, this is, like, such a random example, but we went to Belmont Stakes. Yeah, so fun. And, um, like, what was the horse's name that ended up winning the Triple Crown? You can tell I'm not, I don't know anything about sports or racing. No idea. But the point was, like, we had never been to Belmont Stakes before. You can, like, pop a train and, like, it's in Long Island or whatever. And ended up essentially seeing, like, what was really a historic race and we did that so last minute. We just got on the train and went. We bought our like twenty dollar tickets from Ticketmaster like the day of and showed up. Um And there were so many people crowded there and it was like everyone was witnessing this moment in history together and people were cheering and celebrating and like, you know, it was so like drunken and crazy and fun. And I sort of remember thinking like we would never be able to do this if we like had kids like we would never be able to just Mm -hmm. on a whim hop on a train and go to. Belmont Stakes, which is, like, honestly kind of a dump, and just, like, watch horse races. Like, what is that? What is that life? But it was so exciting. And we'd never done that before.
1: Yeah. It was exciting. I mean, I think, just, like, to be fair to people who aren't married have kids, right. it's, like, I don't mean to say that that kind of life can't be exciting, too. I think it's just, like, When you don't have that life, it's like don't just sit around waiting for it to happen, which I think is what the Belmont thing is. It's like, well, I don't – well, whatever. I'm not married, but I'm doing this exciting thing or taking this trip or, like, getting a new job. Like, I just – I think it means different things to different people. It's just, like, you have to accept that maybe your way won't be as recognized by society. Like, no one's going to throw you a party for going to Belmont State. Right. But, like, (laughs) so what? That is your party. Right.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And, no, I think that's a very fair point. Like, certainly don't mean to say that, like – following a traditional path or sort of being an adult in a traditional way that there's anything not exciting or uninteresting about that and like you know honestly like I still hope to like someday have those things in my life like I want to maybe like own something (laughs) marry someone give birth to something (laughs) we'll see we'll see (laughs) Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I want to take a minute now to talk about... um One of our other sponsors on the podcast today, Fabletics. I hope you guys – you guys know Fabletics. Kate Hudson is associated. It's a really cool – I'm actually all about this at the moment because it's an athletic wear line that is designed to look super hot at the gym. But also, like, if you happen to, like, be heading to brunch after, you still look cool and not embarrassing. Um, I, again, on the topic of being a bad adult, like – Am really a lot worse than I should be about working out, but in my new 2016 version of Elisa, I've been Gina and I have been all about class past We've been going to workout classes left and right. I'm terrible at all of them. Oh my God, Megan, you should have seen we took a Taylor Swift dance class and it was terrible, yes. but <laughs> no,
1: it was fun. It was a, wrong. Gina it was, was good.
2: I was terrible. <laughs> I wasn't good. <laughs> but anyway, um, the thing that's so great about Fabletics is that it's a subscription service, so you can join, and every month you take a quiz, which is like super fun and put in your sizes and everything like that. And every month they sort of have these picks for you from the line. You get a complete premium workout outfit. It's Lululemon quality, but at a much discounted price because it's on this subscription model. So um, I looked at the site. I basically, um, when you sign up, they give you a special discount, um, which actually, if you go to Fabletics.alisa.com, Or Fabletics.com slash Elisa, you can get a complete outfit for twenty-five dollars. They'll throw in free shipping and exchanges. Um, and when you sign up for the first time, they actually give you a countdown of like redeem this deal within 60 minutes. And I spent the entire 60 minutes, literally one hour, like browsing through outfit browsing through Outfits on my phone, reading all the reviews. Like, do I want leggings in this color or that color? Um, So I ordered a pair. I can't wait to try it out. Maybe we need to do Taylor Swift dance class again just so I can. (laughs) Justin
1: Bieber dance class next. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so
2: scared. I'm so scared. But Justin Bieber dance class wearing my (laughs) Fabletics gear. But um, it's a really great line. Everybody should check it out. I think it sort of, you know, half the hassle of working out is, like, remembering to bring your clothes to work with you and, like, doing the whole thing about changing. And I think we all know that there's, like, no better motivation than having, like, a fun new outfit to try. So, fabletics.com slash Elisa. Check it out. Sign up. Let me know what you guys think. If anyone wants to come with me and Gina to (laughs) to Justin Bieber dance class, let me know that, too. Megan, are you ever going to be in New York? Should we... Can you give us a private Justin Bieber dance class? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I think I'm probably going to be even worse at dance class than I would be at being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so I think another thing that we have to talk about, we've talked about friends. We've talked about work. We've talked about um, doing our taxes. I think one thing that we need to bring into this conversation is age. Um Gina, I feel like we talk obsessively all the time about being in our 30s. Megan, you're still a total young. Do you? How much pressure do you put on yourself? Like, do you have 30 in your mind as somebody that's still in your 20s? Like, do you feel like there are certain things I want to accomplish about the, by the time I'm 30? Like, I think it's a little hard to really give up that thinking and being being an adult, being so tied to a specific age and hitting milestones, even if we're deciding and determining what those milestones are for ourselves, I think it's really hard to sort of give up that concept. So do you have a scary age or do you have in mind things you want to accomplish by a certain time?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the only thing that uh, I think is going to stay the same, regardless of anyone thinking what milestones Uh, Should be happening by the time you're a certain age is having a child because nature decides that Uh, After 40, it's not that healthy. So I think that's the only like real Definitive moment where like you have to do this, but everything else is like it's changed so much I know people that are also like still 40 and don't want to be married or uh, that are 20 and married Like I feel like everything has shifted so much back When I was 18, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be married by probably 26. Like, my sister and my mother both got married, I think, around 22. So it's very young right now, and I could never even imagine being married for two years already if I followed their path. But I feel like there is uh, no—I don't have a specific age for anything except for having a child.
2: Right. And I think even with the idea of having a child, like, I mean, you're absolutely right, and I feel like there's a lot— you know, of research and like information out there about that. But like, I've kind of decided for my own self partly because like what other alternative is there, but like, I just can't let, like, I just have to like live my life and I have to like hope that the science of all of this will figure itself out or that like at some point when I do want to have kids that there will be, you know, medical innovations that help make that more possible because like what mm-hmm. you know what again like what alternative do I have like I just can't like put pressure on myself for something that I don't really ultimately have any control over I feel right right this is what I tell myself. This is what I tell myself. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, I do in terms of age, I always like say this, but like, I do remember so specifically starting as an editor at 17 magazine, which was where I was at before Cosmo, um, you know, when I was like 22 years old and feeling like my bosses that were in their 30s, like seemed so old. And now I'm like, mm-hmm. is that with a little like 22 year olds at Cosmo think about me like yes, that Alisa, they do they do I know like she's so old <laughs> also like I'm just so you know you always think when you're 22 you always think your boss is crazy and I'm like now I'm the crazy <laughs> boss <laughs> so yay I'm such an adult a crazy adult um Gina any before we wrap up here any um final thoughts from your article or from late night conversations we've had about <laughs> being adults that um that you want to get out before we wrap up Um, Do you want to tell everyone what we're doing this weekend? It's so adult. Going to Vegas to to Britney Spears,
1: my childhood dream, so adult. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. That does – I think travel has been a big part of feeling adult for me. Like just picking up and going on a trip when I feel like and being able to afford that even though I have limited funds. But like enough of an adulthood fund that like, yeah, I can do these fun things just on a whim and just because i want to which i think does feel adult
2: and i think like really when we were talking about planning this like vegas trip and going to see britney i feel like the joke is that it's like we're going with two of our friends that it's basically like a fake bachelorette party. like we're living (laughs) that bachelorette life even though no one is getting married but i think that does tie into what we were talking about earlier like how do you celebrate yourself it's like well we're just
1: doing it yeah just like do it whenever you feel like it. It's better. We don't have to limit ourselves to one bachelorette party. We can just have fake bachelorette parties every weekend of our lives. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. What is, more, what is more grown up than that? <laughs> Megan, what about you? Any final thoughts before we wrap up this conversation about adulthood?
0: Uh, I just think, yeah, like we can do whatever we want and we should do whatever we want. Things have changed so much and I'm very glad to be a part of that shift in culture, because I I just couldn't even imagine, like, being a traditional, married with kids, done, and life is over, you're an adult, done. But I just, I think it's really exciting being able to go on bachelorette parties every weekend is a Mm -hmm. very liberating thing to know that we can do that.
2: I love that. I love that. And you really are um, kind of living. I think it's so exciting, Megan, to have people like you that have built a following doing something that is really you know, didn't seem, again, a few years ago, didn't seem like any kind of path. And now you're saying like, I can make a living doing what I want to do. I can build this following around it. So I think it's exciting Mm -hmm. that like, as much as we fret over not hitting these traditional markers, I think it's great that there are people out there like you and Gina, like us, who are really defining these like new paths and making it so exciting. You guys, the next generation, like, basically owes us. We're really, like... You're welcome, future
1: generation. Yeah, you're
2: welcome, current babies. Um, So thank you all. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Gina, for joining us today to talk about adulthood. Thank you guys all out there for listening to the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast. Please subscribe. Please like it. Please tweet it. Please tweet at me. Um, You can let me know if you can help me with my taxes or anything else. (laughs) Um, And we will see you guys all next week. Bye.